This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open. Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the MBSP. Glad you're joining us here today. Brandon Work, Joe Nagy, bringing you the banger content as always. Your home for Ferris State Sports and Analysis and Beyond. Got a great show on deck here today. We have a special guest phoning in for a special interview. Dan Hunt of Meraki Performance. He's a consultant uh, with the mental performance with some of the Ferris State athletic teams. Got a great chat that you will love to hear coming up here in just a minute as well. As we'll get into the Ferris State Sports Preview, a lot on deck this weekend coming up, Joe, Mm -hmm. as well as we'll finish out the show. Our final thoughts for March Madness. And Joe, I came just from my house. We got four screens set up and we are absolutely ready for this year's tournament. Yeah, you're ready for it. And I do. I'm ready too. I think we got to get a couple more uh, screens set up. I might have to bring my TV down from my room as well. I know. I actually don't have mine from my room down. We have four separate TVs, so we could technically have five if I brought mine down. Are they all smart TVs so you can cast it from your phone? uh, We have all four Roku TVs. So yes. That's going to be something else. Deadly. But it's going to be a fantastic tournament. I mean, this year seems more wide open than years past. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about that last time episode it's going to be a, it's not as chalk as it usually is some of these upsets can really go wow we might be seeing a pretty heavy upset year yeah if you haven't filled out your bracket which if you are and you listen to this episode oh boy you better hurry up but, say, i think i got like two more minutes yeah pretty before, much before by before the closes pretty much by the time we're closing in this episode but make sure you check out the last episode as well for bracketology mm-hmm. that was a great episode we did we broke down the whole field as well as all of our upset picks here and me and joe had some spicy ones you might want to check that out as well on spotify apple Podcasts. thanks to all the podcast listeners out there as well if you're listening live here on wbrn love you too and make sure that you subscribe for more coming up on the weekends and beyond on all of our platforms but without further ado joe Let's swing it to the interview. Now joining us here, not quite in studio, but over on a phone call, we have Dan Hunt here with Meraki Performance. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you. And uh, obviously, we'll kind of get right into it. Many people might not necessarily uh, know you directly, but obviously uh, work as a consultant with Ferris State Soccer and Ferris State Volleyball with Meraki Performance, which has been awesome to kind of uh, see how that's been going. But in a nutshell, for some of those that may not know necessarily you and what you do, what is really what Meraki Performance is and what is it that you do a part of it? Yeah, so uh, Meraki Performance is uh, human performance organizational consultant, um, something that really grew out of uh, my time coaching at Ferris. So I was fortunate enough to come on a um, number of years ago and coach men's and women's tennis. And in doing that, really uh, was in charge of our weight and strength training um, and started really trying to bring each time we came into the weight room, like what's some mental development that we can bring um, with all of athletics, but especially weight training being a critical piece of um, physical and that mental uh, list. So um, started bringing pieces of that and really just sparked a, a fire inside of me, uh, just believing that really greatness happens between our ears. Um, and I believe that greatness is within everybody. And it's greatness is that just state of being present in the moment with the mindset that you can overcome anything you face. So um, I, I try to bring that to each individual athlete that I work with uh, and also with the teams. Right? We want to cultivate an environment in a group 
um, yeah, group environment where that can continue to develop and be a center of belief. So uh, just feel great to be given back to Bulldog Nation the way that, uh, you know, my, I've been gifted to do, you know. Yeah, for sure, Danny. That's that's so cool. And especially uh, when you're talking about your time at Ferris State and being a coach like that, can you just kind of talk about one just a little bit deeper on just what you uh, just that time here as well as, you know, what kind of led you to move on and pursue this next chapter in your life? Yeah, so um was fortunate enough. I actually was a student at Ferris State, went through the professional tennis management program, um, left and was coaching tennis, uh, doing a couple of different things, started a small business with my brother as well. Um, and then saw that Ferris was looking for an assistant coach and um, ended up applying and, and getting hired and getting the opportunity to come back and um, coach, which was just a great experience, um, being able to come back and, and continuing a journey being a Bulldog um, and was able to come in under Chad Berryhill, who was the head coach at the time, who was just a top-notch coach um, and really opened my eyes to a, a young, you know, West, born and raised West Michigan um, guys to just the, the broad uh, stroke, I guess you could say, of athletics, especially internationally as we recruited internationally. Uh, and just, again, top-notch coach to be able to come in as a young man and learn from him. Um, and so, yeah, I, was, I spent uh, two seasons there and Chad ended up moving on to St. Leo, um, where he actually, uh, his men's team just won an IPA National Indoors. Shout out to Barry Hill down there. He's doing great, great job down there. But um, yeah, so when I, again, I came in and uh, we were doing a lot of mental stuff and, and that was kind of my, my niche, I guess you could say, getting in the weight room and doing that. And it just took off from there. It just turned into a, a fire, a burn for me. And I've just followed that passion ever since. Absolutely. And especially with the work that you did um, this last fall, obviously, uh, Ferris State Women's Soccer making it to the Final Four. I know you were honored with that as well as attending the coach workshop with uh, Coach Henson. Just talk about the time you spent with them as well as Ferris State Volleyball to really get back in those Bulldog programs and really help them get to the next level mentally. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like, you know, with with Coach Tia and and with Greg and, and I've worked with Brox and the basketball team, like, the reality is that these guys are all great coaches and doing great things. And I'm another voice that gets to come in and say, Hey, let's focus on what matters most. Um, reinforce what coaches are already doing and then continue to develop strategies and skills for these athletes to be where their feet are. So um, a lot of what I do is, is I try to create situations and uh, you know, opportunities for them to experience and utilize these skills that I'm coaching and teaching them on um, outside of their actual sport to begin to develop further confidence in that, you know, Um, but it's not anything that they're not already doing. And that's one of the reasons why I say greatness is within is that it's, it's really bringing out what they already are capable of doing. Um, And I just get the opportunity to, to do it in a different way. Right. We're not, I take them outside of soccer. I take them outside of volleyball. I take them outside of basketball um, and say, hey, let's utilize this skill or this strategy. um, And I'm going to put you in an environment where you're a little uncomfortable. But in doing that, you will develop the confidence to use it then when you go back onto the field or onto the court. Yeah, that's so cool to hear, especially and going back last month to that uh, coaches workshop with Coach Greg Henson. I mean, you were talking to over 30 coaches that were in attendance there. I mean, how was that like to be able to kind of talk to them and be able to kind of show them different ways of coaching and different avenues that maybe they've never kind of thought about doing before? Yeah, I think uh, one, it was just I, I thoroughly enjoyed giving back to coaches. You know, one of the first things I said 
um, was like, hey, I want to spend the next hour just giving you guys love, right? I want to help you be the best you can be at what you do and you all do great things. And if I can give you a different perspective or different strategies to be more impactful, that's my heart and that's my goal. Um, I believe that in Michigan, you know, like we have tons of great athletes and we can continue to develop great athletes from high school up. Um, and so that was really my intent with all of that. And like I was saying, the intention is really just to give back to coaches and, and help them, equip them and, and give them perspective and strategies on how to be the most impactful coaches they can be. Um, I think, you know, I spent a short time coaching at the collegiate level. I coached at the high school level. And, you know, it can be really difficult as a coach. You're looking at the X's and O's. You're looking at, you know, how do you get the results because you're evaluated on the results. And I think it's just helpful to get people on the other side to help ground you back into, you know, what really is the route to get those results. And so a lot of what we talk about, and I go back to greatness is within because that's something people can begin to wrap identity around. You know, they can begin to really believe that I have greatness within and from that place, and then begin to develop habits, strategies, training to get the results that they want. Absolutely great insight from Danny. And more to come after this break here on WBRN. For sure. And obviously the extensive work that you've done with athletics is a really the connection that I made with you was back when you were at Eagle Village doing a lot of that same stuff with a lot of high school teams and college teams as well, um, which, by the way, seeing the success full, full on with this has been super cool. I just want to let you know that, too. Um, but also the work that you've done with um, like these professional organizations and even some of these businesses. What, talk about some of the things that you see that you have been able to teach as well. These kind of groups, as opposed to necessarily the athletes and how some of those things really can kind of go with each other and collaborate yeah i think at the end of the day like it's it's culture right when you develop the 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 culture um you create specific norms uh there's expectations and values that everybody strives towards um no matter whether it's a professional organization or athletic organization like those things deeply matter for results um and i think that we're definitely in a world where it's result oriented. And that's what we see on social media. That's what we see when we, we turn on the news. Um, and obviously with professional organizations, like profits and losses makes like it matters, you know, um, but to help reinforce, like what are the processes and what are the values and what are the behaviors or actions that help us get to those results? I think that's where a lot of us kind of lose the connection is we get going so far down focusing on the results that we end up shifting who we are we shift what we think matters most um and we shift away what's ultimately allowed us to get the results thus far you know um it makes me think of like kobe bryant talked about you know greatness greatness is that state of being uh where you like are the best you can be but then you cause a ripple effect for other people uh it wasn't about being the most successful or, or the greatest of all time it was about being the best he could be to then therefore be better for other people and have that ripple effect. And I think a lot of times that's the difference between success and greatness. Success is that that outcome that every business wants, but if they root themselves in greatness, that's the identity and the transformation through a process. And, and, and you see it all the time in sports, like the people that experience uh, the greatest results are the ones that are rooted in that process and really just love that. 
Yeah, Danny. And I mean, talking about that being kind of rooted in that process, has there ever been situations where you're with kind of a company or, a, or an athletic team that you're just starting out with that, you know, they might not be able to kind of adopt that culture right away. And it's just kind of maybe just going to be a little bit longer process. Can you just kind of talk about what you do if it just seems that it might be taking a little bit longer uh, to kind of help them through uh, some of the stuff they're struggling with? Yeah, I think it's, it's great when a team, you introduce some of this uh, and you change their perspective a little bit and they experience the wins right away. And I'm not saying just as results on the field, but there's those moral victories, right? Or the aha moments where you can really start building momentum. Um, but it is a little bit challenging when they're still experiencing uh, similar results to the past and they're like, man, I'm in this space of, you could say pain or angst or frustration and nothing's changing even though I'm trying to change my mindset. And I think that's just part of the journey. You know, I was uh, doing a leadership group the other day and working with some um, high school athletes and just said, you know, hey, do you remember, you know, six months ago when we started this, you guys all looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what do you think has changed from now till then? Uh, and a lot of them were just like, we've experienced what you've talked about and what you shared. And we, we put these strategies in place and we've endured and embraced that journey and have begun to see the fruits of that or the results. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's tough. It, it just depends on where you are. Uh, and again, it's, it's very difficult, especially in athletics, because we are uh, evaluated on those results and results are immediate. Um, and so we want those immediately, but sometimes it's about enduring through the process to eventually get to those results. Absolutely, Danny. We appreciate you having on the show. One last question for you, especially with your association as a Bulldog with Ferris State. Yeah. What's been your favorite thing about working with Ferris State, being a former Bulldog, and being in Big Rapids? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think, um, you know, to just go back to what I'm doing, like I believe greatness comes from a place of identity. Greatness comes from a place of uh, having a focus on a purpose, and greatness happens in community. And I think that my time at Ferris State as a student, as a you know bulldog, even in the Big Rapids community, um, you, like there was an identity there, right? Being a bulldog meant you're a hard worker. You know, it's bigger than yourself, and you and you and you're willing to push through and do the difficult things. Um, that was a purpose too, just developing into being the best you can be. And then the reality that it was a community. You know, I remember coaching there and John Coles in the the student-led organization, the leadership, really coined the phrase like uh, 17 teams uh, or 17 sports, one team, you know, and it was just this idea of like, we're a family. And you saw that. You saw that with different athletes and groups going to different games and supporting each other. And you continue to see that today. And I think that's what makes the Bulldog Nation great is even 10 years later, uh, it's still that connection and giving back uh, for the purpose of all just being the best we can be and impacting this world to be the best it can be. Well, Danny, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you taking time uh, out of your busy schedule. And once again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Huge thanks to Danny for coming on the show. Really love to hear his insight and his perspective. Because I think certainly when it looks at athletics, I mean, I think the number one thing that a lot of people really take into consideration almost too much. And Joe, I mean, I know I do it too much to myself, and sometimes we do it too much on the show. Records don't necessarily 
tell how really great a team really is. And we'll find that out in March Madness as well coming up here this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. That physical talent is just, and that physical ability is just as important as your mental ability to stay strong. And it's really cool to see what Danny's able to do and how much of an effect that has on the people that he works with, which is just so admirable to see what he does. But hopping right into the FSU Sports Rundown. Softball's going on right now at Tiffin. They got the double doubleheader, I guess. Yeah, one and three, was it? Uh, yeah, we're starting at one and three, which will be pretty much probably completed by the time some of you are listening to the episode. But hey, right now, as we're recording this, I mean, W on the way. Are we going to have to eat this W a Ooh. little bit up 4-0 against Tiffin? I mean, last year we kind of struggled against them a little bit when we had to face off against them early. But I mean, hey, that's what we talked about. Just got to get hot at the right time right before Gleak start up. And we're going to be in tip top shape to get some movement going. But this game is going to be pretty interesting, especially, I mean, once this episode airs, you guys can see how we did it, obviously. Maybe uh, we lost, who knows, after a heartbreaking defeat, or we got the quick little sweep. Who knows what it's going to be in the next two hours. Absolutely. And I know we mentioned, especially on the uh, the Wild Stat Wednesday, which you guys certainly have loved and appreciated. And I mean, we love looking them up as well, too. Um, it's, it's just as fun for us. But, I mean, right now, we're the top team in the GLIAC when it turns to stealing bases. And I think oh, that's really? something that is a little bit looked over right now. This team is fast and they're playing fast and it is working. So what Coach Schumann's doing is really starting to get a little bit of a roll going, literally uh-huh, with the speed. Uh-huh. So, but I mean, definitely you can see right now that this team has been playing better. They've been pitching better. They've been hitting better. They've been getting on base more and they've been able to put more runs across the plate so far on trajectories. This is certainly going to be uh, what looks to be a better offensive season Overall, and right now we're seeing the wins start to little trickle in one by one, and they're starting to get back up towards 500. And then, right as you mentioned, Joe, right when Gleak start, boom, here we go. Let's yes, start sir. getting sweeps. Let's start getting some big time running streaks going, and we'll be in good job shape for the Gleak coming up. For real. So it's going to be fun. Those games on Thursday uh, as well. Some action coming up on Saturday. Men's tennis will be heading over to Indiana playing Grace College. That'll be a one o'clock first serve down there in Indiana in the Hoosier State as well as the SBSU Spring Invitational for both women's and men's golf coming up this weekend. Good luck to Coach Stark squad down there um, for that Invitational. Certainly glad to see them getting outside and actually, you know, swinging and hitting balls non to a screen. You know, it turns out it's actually fun when you can see where the hole is down the fairway rather than just in that giant projector in front of you. So definitely getting some better looks for them. And that will obviously go into Sunday with that tournament um, as well as we'll see uh, women's golf also in a double header. They're going to be going down to Finley right after a back to back um, as well as Monday and Tuesday. So good luck to them as well. And then on Sunday, um, softball, unfortunately, was canceled down at Ashland. But that was actually, I believe, in a movement to get the Tiffin games for today. Um, after the Lewis games yesterday. So starting to get that schedule put out and put together, obviously, with the weather in spring. Mother Nature has plans that Incredibly we... Incredibly unpredictable. Never know about, exactly. So uh, everything is scheduled to the time, to the date. Will it always happen? Not really. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But anyway, you can always follow along. BearStateBulldogs.com in case you ever uh, can't quite make the game or the game's canceled. You can find out all that information there as well as we'll make sure we'll retweet it as well. But you got to give mm-hmm. us a follow first. That's the rule. That's true. Yeah. At the MBSP on Instagram and Twitter. You don't all- just get to reap the benefits without putting the work in. No, no, no. That's not fair. We do all this work for you guys. So at least give us a little back. Share you know? the love a little bit. Come we on. have been getting some YouTube subscribers, though, Joe. I, I think know. we're doing a good in that department. So, 
hey. Clean it up on the YouTube. Yeah, we're doing something right, I guess. So make sure you subscribe there. We got our best bits on the show, um, which are very fun, which if you guys like debate, we often like to drop those on there. So you can make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on those anytime as well as our great interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Absolutely. When we come back, Bracketology, final thoughts and upsets to watch for. Stay tuned. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Bracketology has started as of now. It's 2.04 p.m. on, what, Thursday? Is it today? Something like that. I got my days mixed up after the break. So it's just been a blur so far. But the one thing that's for certain is that the Men's Tournament Challenge is live and in action. Maryland, West Virginia already in the second close game there. Virginia Furman games are flying off the sides, and we're going to get ready to enjoy what what some sporting fans call the best bra- the best tournament march madness i mean it so many memories have come from this and bracketology is here final thoughts from us is going to come be coming at you right now brandon what are we looking at man first of all if you're listening to this episode we appreciate you because there's a lot of chaos going on bracketology has started yes that is yes. crazy stuff. The fact that we're finally here after this long. I felt like I missed an opportunity with the button, so I had to make up oh, for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I yeah, actually yeah. clicked the button, but my slider was all the way down on the wrong one. Ah, I mean, we have, a, we have a beautiful sound panel here. Shout out to the ISI crew and everybody flooding us in the studio. I feel like we don't do that enough for how nice of a setup we have. And I had the other slider on. I had it mixed up here backwards, but it's not because it was mislabeled. It's because your boy's not very good at seeing in the mood lighting, but that's okay because the mood lighting is a mood right now that we have in the studio. But anyway, bracketology is a beautiful thing because the fact of it is there's always something that we screw up and we don't know where it's coming from, when it's going to happen. It could be a one gets upset. It could be a two gets upset. It doesn't even know what it is right now. And my one bracket that I got pulled up right now, I got West Virginia going on, but it's 51 to 50. So it could go either way. Yeah. And I could be off to a terrible start right off rip. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be wild here. And obviously we're kind of picking through, um, some of the teams that we're looking out for to play upset role. And the one that like, I know a lot of people are pretty high on is like Charleston as the 12th seed to beat San Diego state. Uh, and then some people are even saying they're good enough, uh, to potentially go on and pace Virginia and beat them right now, which that's could be an absolutely crazy uh, turn of events. I don't know if that's necessarily the route that I would go, but uh, I know on my main bracket, I actually have flip-flop. I actually had Furman beating Virginia, which right now they're down seven with about 15 to go here in the second half as we're recording this live. Um, But I think the biggest thing when it comes down to it is we always have the teams that we know can play spoiler and they're good enough to play spoiler. But here's the problem. Half the time, those teams get blown out and it's another team that picks it up. You know, how many times did we say, and I think was it last year's tournament or two years ago where Winthrop was almost a guaranteed to beat Villanova, almost guaranteed. And they lost by like 15 points. Mm-hmm. Like it was like an upset made in heaven. You were like, they literally are better at every category. They're a team that will beat Villanova. They've been injured. They've been on a flop and then Virginia and then, or, and Villanova ended up beating my 15. Like there's always the upsets that look so good on paper, right? Drake over Miami looks like it could be that one or Charleston over San Diego state. Both of those are really, really nice upsets that you can really make a case for. But in the reality, it's like there could be a team. We could literally see UCLA go down against UNC Asheville tonight. Yeah. We have no idea. It certainly could happen. 
And the toughest part about it too is when you have so many possible upsets, it's like you can't put them all in one bracket. So you got to sprinkle them through because it might happen in some of these. And that could be the real bracket buster for a lot, especially with a, a season like this where it might not be as chalk as it usually is. You get a situation now where, hey, Drake could win against Miami first round. Indiana could go over Kansas City or it could flip-flop. And people who have that kind of switched up with those choice or those options, it could really mess up their bracket. Or even something like uh, a team like Creighton could have possible possibilities to make it to the Sweet 16. But if NC State plays spoiler early, then that's going to be quite the quite the bracket buster there. And there's a lot of other ones. I mean, I'm liking Duke versus Oral Roberts. That could be a nice little upset Ooh. there. I mean, Michigan State, USC, those are two teams that could flip-flop, two teams that could easily make the Sweet 16. But if you choose one or the other and you put them in the Sweet 16, that's a huge bracket buster right there. And you have Marquette as well who can kind of keep that momentum going. But, I mean, all the way across – each of the four divisions that we got here, each of the four uh, kind of sections of the bracket, I mean, I'm loving what we're seeing, especially that's the thing that makes it so good about it not being such a chalk year is that I'm super stressed about my brackets, but I wouldn't want to have it any other way. Oh, yeah. I think that's when you look at it, I think that there's so many different outcomes. And I know like this is how I kind of play through my brackets, right? Obviously, I go all in. I make like 10 or so, which not all of them are for actual purposes, but I actually look back and look through data and I make like these brackets of, I know like NCAA March Madness does um, where you can input stats and that actually auto fills your brackets based on what you prefer in teams when you pick. And I've experimented with it before and I'm actually going to do it again this year to see if I can find some more data. But there's literally like these options where you can um, put high emphasis on the good shooting teams and see what kind of a bracket that makes out. Rebounding teams, scrappy teams, efficient teams, all those sort of things together. And it kind of gets to show you the lay of the land of what that would look like and we can take from that. So I'm really excited to see how that does um, based off of this. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the old adage rings true. I was talking to my dad about this, um, especially before coming into the show was, and I know we mentioned it a lot, a lot of times on like broadcasts and stuff. It's literally who beats each other on that given day. It's whoever plays better that day. It's whoever shows up that day. It's whoever plays better basketball from mm-hmm. the opening tip to the final whistle that day. And that's the matter of fact, because we can go on paper and look at analytics all we want, which we love to do. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a team that we're probably going to be talking about here to potentially win the tournament. They're not going to be playing Saturday or Sunday because they got upset Good in the possibility. first round. And I mean, if you look back, I mean, Farley, what is it? Farley Dickinson? Is that the team that's playing Purdue? Their coach yeah. was pretty confident uh-huh. about whether or not they were going to be able to make it past the first round. Because, I mean, you got Edie, who's what, 7'4", something like that. He's a monster. But if you got that confidence as a 16 seed and your coach is that confident, I mean, that's really all you need. And you just got to be playing pretty solid and be able to kind of fill it up and match the speed of Purdue because you know that they're going to be filling it up down low and they're going to be trying to do that. You just kind of make sure that you match it on the other side. And, I mean, that could be a pretty solid game. I mean, time's going to tell. They're not playing until, uh, I think, tomorrow it is or Friday at, what is it, like 3, 2, 3 o'clock? I don't, I'm not sure. I didn't say the exact time. But that one's going to be one to look out for. But really, if you're looking for a 1-16 to 16 upset, that's going to be the one to look out for. Yeah. I mean, I, did you see uh Fletcher or not Fletcher lawyer, foster lawyers, uh, tweet on that video? What do you say? He said Purdue by a hundred because <laughs> his brother plays, obviously Fletcher plays on, uh, yeah, he's Purdue. on Purdue's team. Yeah. And he's a pretty good player too. But, um, like there's, I don't know how many times I literally look at Arizona and Princeton and I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, easily. But now I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, 
This is a textually like a trap game because everything is in Arizona's favor. Many people, like myself, probably have a bracket where Arizona makes it to the Final Four National Championship. And that's pretty much the most, I think when you kind of look at it, the lopsided uh, two versus 15. I think many people are probably taking Vermont over Marquette as the most popular one because Marquette obviously is kind of a fluky team in March. Um, Then you have UCLA who just lost um, their top star, right, with Davis. So he's going to be out. And that's going to be interesting to see how that team rebounds. And Texas is a team that only in recent memory lost to a team called Texas Aveline. Remember that? That was a wild game. That was like a fit. Well, that was a 57 54 type game or something mm-hmm. like that. And they were a three seed. So they're a little sketchy. They made coaching changes halfway through the year. I have faith in them, but and not necessarily saying Colgate is not going to give them a run. I think they are. But I mean, that Arizona Princeton game is probably going to scare me later on this afternoon. If I find out the Tigers win, because I mean, that's a game that makes way too much sense for Arizona to steamroll by 30. And we've been caught in that trap before. And it's unfortunately broke a lot of brackets and we'll probably continue to do so until the end of time. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of two and 15, I mean, another one that you're looking for, you're talking about Texas before with Colgate. Colgate's been a team that's been a pretty solid uh, three-point shooting team, especially last time they made the tournament. They were a team that was really one to look out for if you really wanted to see a, a shooting kind of a really heavy shooting type game because for them, they'll be making, I think it's 244 uh, threes so far this season, Yikes. which is absolutely insane. The percentage, not incredible or sorry 347 i'm sorry i was looking at their opponents total 347 that they made so far this year and i mean their percentage 404 so they're just below that 500 as a team that's wild to be able to have that type of efficiency with that many shots it's quantity and quality and that could be a situation where it's going to be a little bit too tough for texas to handle if colgate gets out hot gets on a little bit of run and start they got the momentum that's really all you need in march madness is just a little bit of momentum and i can switch it up doesn't matter if you're 16 if you're 15 seed or what as long as you have that little sliver of hope and that little sliver of an advantage that's game over absolutely so here to finish out the radio version of the program let's go through uh let's go two teams you think are going to make a little bit of a run um in your best bracket of choice your final four and your national champion joe do you want me to start or do you want to go first i'll go i'll go first so you want me to say one like a sleeper team and then final four and champion yeah like two sleeper my teams one, that'll make a, a big run even double digits or whatever all right my one that i'm really looking forward to i got iona oh the Gales upsetting UConn okay. and upsetting St. Mary's in one of mine. Wow, and that's a good one. I like, that I, one. I like it as well. I like it as well. Uh, I don't really have anybody else. I mean, I have NC State upsetting Creighton, but then I have them losing to Baylor next round. But still, making it out of the round of 64 is pretty solid. My final four for my bracket that I care about, I have Houston and Kansas, and then I have Alabama and Tennessee, and then I have Kansas Winning the whole thing. Go and repeat. Wow, that's crazy. Your final fours are very similar. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, One team that I think is going to make a run um, is actually in the same quadrant, but the opposite potentially uh, of UConn, and that's VCU. I think VCU could be a Sweet 16 Mm. type of team, especially if Iona was to beat UConn, but I'm going to keep my faith in UConn. I think that they're an Elite Eight-bound team. I have VCU also being St. Mary's. Yeah, so I think VCU, if they were matched up with Iona, I think VCU makes it to the Sweet 16, and they could potentially uh, make another one. And I will stay in the same region with my other one. Um, I think that Arkansas is a team that we should look out for if they play Kansas in the round of 32. 
Kansas That's is a, a good team possibility. that is Arkansas has had a really shaky year, but they always show up in March. Remember last year's a four seed took down a number one seed themselves and they were absolutely nasty. And they really were a good team going through the whole thing. I think they fell in the elite eight. Eventually I'm going to look out for Eric Musselman's team. They've always been a tournament title kind of contending team. Uh, so I'm going to be looking out for them as well. I think that East brackets or that West bracket is going to be something to watch for, for sure. My final four is actually eerily similar to Joe's. I have also Alabama and Tennessee making it out of mine. I'm a big believer in Tennessee. I think Tennessee's defense can slow down Purdue and knock them out um, and potentially in that bottom portion of the bracket with Kansas state Kentucky Marquette. I think that could be just a, a really kind of a toss up there. Um, and on the other side, I have Houston and then Joe's least favorite team, Gonzaga in the final, in the four. final four. Yes. I have them in the final Dude, four. I have Gonzaga going out second round. Whoa. To TCU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think dude. that's a bad pick. I think Gonzaga, this is the year Gonzaga will make it far no. because they have every expectation to lose early because it's always been the opposite. Remember? The college hero, Drew Timmy, is just going to lead him super far. Like, he always... Drew Timmy's never been the guy to lead him. It was Chet Holmgren last year. It was... What is it? Jalen Suggs the year that they made the championship. Like, it's never been Drew Timmy. That's like their main player this year, right? I mean, he's their number one player, and that's for sure. But, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily the most, like, influential player on that team. But, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if he's your number one, like, you're not... Like, if you get to a point where you're going to have a guy that's a little bit tall, I think, because what? Grand Canyon has a tall guy as their center, right? I mean, They're Grand pretty- Canyon has a little bit of size, but, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Gonzaga is a team that they are really, really good at putting the pedal down. And I think when you look at some of these teams like Grand Canyon, uh, they're they're not going to have the offensive firepower, I think, to keep with Gonzaga. TCU would be potentially a team that I could see that. Um, but the way that TCU plays is, is going to be, they're going to have to hit shots or they're going to be in trouble because they're going to slow the tempo down. But if offensively they have struggles, they could have a little bit of repercussions later on in the game. But I think this is a year that solely Gonzaga will make it far because everyone going to knock each other out of the way and they're just going to have a freeloading kind of way say, if you to want to make it four. if you want to make it for, far if you're Gonzaga this is the year because not only do you arguably have the easiest other than Kansas in yours you have probably the easiest uh, division yeah so I think that they could squeak their way oh my national champion also is Houston I'm picking Houston, University of Houston. I love the way the hometown Houston team man eh? I think they cut down the nets in their hometown. Their How hometown? cool would that be? That would actually be really solid. I just don't think they're going to be able to beat Kansas. Yeah, that's what, who I have. Yeah, which I have Kansas. Kansas getting knocked out early, which yeah. gives them the opportunity. Against who? Huh? Arkansas? Yeah. Interesting. That's my kind of sleeper pick is Arkansas know, beats man. Kansas. I like I, I like, love it. But Bill Self, I mean, that whole thing could really kind of dampen it, unfortunately, even though it's outside of basketball. You never know. So, I mean, I think that, what and especially, uh, you like, he went to the hospital. I don't oh, know if you remember yeah, yeah. that? Yeah. Like that whole thing. So he's actually reportedly not coaching in the opener tonight. So, uh, which that game is going on right now. Kansas is winning, um, but it'll be very interesting, but fill out your brackets. It's going to be a fun one, Joe. We thank you for all tuning into this episode. Make sure you subscribe at the NVSP, whether you're on Spotify, Apple podcasts or WBRN is so you don't miss out on any upcoming shows because I promise you we got some good ones on deck. Yes, we do. Take care, everybody.